Thank you for joining me for today's Beast Watch News Update. News from the Internet's most comprehensive Bible prophecy news website, BeastWatchNews.com. I'm Kimberly Rogers-Brown. Welcome back to Beast Watch News after the break during the fall feasts. This was a productive time for me, but also a sad time for not being able to go to Jerusalem. I worked on transitioning themessianicmessage.com from the old HTML, PHP, CSS to WordPress. Also, I launched a new website specifically for our Aqaba outreach to Yahweh's people all over the earth. The new site, which is not yet completed, is tabernacleofdavidrestored.com. On it will appear teachings by people who are part of our Aqaba congregation, particularly Jacob van der Merwi, a man who has been studying the book of Jeremiah and who will begin teaching the amazing understanding of Jeremiah's prophecies next week. Those will be posted on the Tabernacle of David Restored.com. I also began producing a series of teachings on Melchizedek to demystify the order of Melchizedek, which was not a mystery to our ancestors. Like almost everything else in scripture, our people do not understand because they have been disconnected from knowledge of Yahweh by the lies in Christianity and Judaism. So, I will show you the coming order of Melchizedek when Yeshua returns, and what it means for those who will rule and reign with him as king-priests, starting with Adam, the first Melchizedek. The teachings follow the genealogical line of the human Melchizedeks, the human counterparts to the heavenly eternal order of Melchizedek's king and high priest, Yeshua, from Adam to Noah, Shem, Abraham, and then to Israel, the intended kingdom of Melchizedek high priests that lost its right to serve in the order of Melchizedek at the golden calf incident. I'll show you that in scripture, plus you will understand the order of Melchizedek that will soon return to the earth, led by Yeshua, and what it means to become disqualified, or in the reverse, to qualify to serve in the order. Hopefully, the book of Hebrews will become clear by the time I am finished. These teachings are on the messianicmessage.com and the tabernacle of David restored.com. So, my time off was very productive. Now, to the news. China and Joe Biden's betrayal of the American people are all over the news now. I will explain the biblical reason that China wants to bring down America in this report. China's disdain for Abraham's people began in the beginning and has followed us through the millennia. Abraham's family, Jacob's family, has multiple enemies. I will examine 
one of them in this report, and at the end we'll catch you up on some other important points and perspectives coming out of Israel. Now, China. A recent development from Mexico has put more fire under the Chinese hatred of the U.S. and President Donald Trump because Mexico's president, Andre Manuel Lopez Obrador, or AMLO, is pivoting toward the U.S. now due to Trump romancing Mexico to remove it from China's iron grip with his new USMCA trade deal between the U.S., Mexico, and Canada that was signed on October 1st. The deal replaced NAFTA. Other conditions besides the Mexico pivot are now speeding the possibility of military conflict between the U.S. and China. These conditions include not only the trade war but COVID-19, which Trump has a vested interest in blaming on China even though members of Trump's own administration were heavily invested in the laboratory from where the virus was released but also the U.S. Navy traveling in the South China Sea in an attempt to keep vital shipping lanes open. The United Nations Conference on Trade and Development estimates that roughly 80% of global trade by volume and 70% by value is transported by sea. Of that volume, 60% of maritime trade passes through Asia with the South China Sea carrying an estimated one-third of global shipping. China wants to dominate the world by controlling the shipping of Chinese goods, meaning China wants to blackmail the world into not doing business with its own biggest importer, the U.S. But China also has another major inroad to controlling the U.S. through another shipping route, the Latin Silk Road. This is where Mexico comes in. Mexico got into bed with China over the last couple decades, while China is simultaneously building a Latin America Silk Road like the one it is rebuilding in the Middle East. That Silk Road extends all the way into Africa and north into Europe and Russia. China's Eastern Hemisphere Silk Road was not built for economic reasons alone. It also has military application. The same applies to China's Latin America Silk Road. It threatens the southern U.S. border with military threat from China and the Mexican drug cartels and Joe Biden who are all in bed with the Chinese. This PRI.org article titled China's New Silk Road Runs Through Latin America Prompting Warnings from the U.S. says China is now interested in the Panama Canal both for its economic utility in cutting time and cost on shipping routes and for its strategic and symbolic value with China aspiring to replace the U.S. as the global preeminent power.
A Chinese state-owned company plans to build a bridge over the canal. Another has built a convention center and a cruise ship terminal on the Pacific side of the canal, where the Chinese government also wanted to build a new embassy until pushback from both the United States and Panama caused them to look elsewhere. Several other Chinese projects were also proposed since Panama joined China's Belt and Road Initiative in 2017, including a high-speed rail system across Panama. Belt and Road stands for a belt of land routes and a maritime silk road of sea routes, which is what China aims to build with this global infrastructure initiative. Most of the world's countries have signed on or expressed interest in it. When Panama shifted its diplomatic recognition from Taiwan to China in June 2017, a step needed to join the Belt and Road later that year, then-President Juan Carlos Varela sat down for an interview with China's state-run CGTN television network. China has the largest population in the world, has the second largest economy, and is the second main user of the Panama Canal, Varela said. Varela also said he gave the Trump administration about an hour's notice of Panama's decision to join China's Belt and Road Initiative. This is our decision, he said, and I'm pretty sure I did the right thing for our people. The Trump administration soon made it clear it had a different view. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo visited Panama in late 2018 and warned against what he called China's predatory economic activity. Soon after, Chinese projects in Panama started being scaled back, canceled, or rejected. A $4 billion high-speed rail project was canceled. A $2.5 billion monorail project linking Panama City with its western suburbs went to South Korea's Hyundai instead of, as earlier expected, to a Chinese company. The Panama Canal Bridge, to be built by a top Chinese state-owned company, was scaled back. Negotiations between Panama and China for a free trade agreement agreement stalled, and Panama's government said it will audit Hutchison Ports and is considering whether to renew its concession when it expires in 2022. Welcome to a 21st century version of the Great Game. The 19th century version had Imperial Russia and Imperial Great Britain vying for influence and access to resources in Central Asia. Now it's the world's two top economies vying for influence around the world, the United States as the incumbent premier power and China as an ambitious contender for that position. China, patiently and methodically, is using its Belt and Road Initiative to expand and strengthen its strategic presence around the world, including in what has long been called the United States' backyard. China has been investing heavily in Latin America for more than a decade. 
It has built roads and dams in Brazil's Amazon rainforest as land is cleared to grow more soybeans for export to China. It has also built or expanded ports in Peru, Mexico, Panama, a dam and surveillance system in Ecuador, and dozens of other projects throughout the region. In Latin America, 19 countries have now joined China's Belt and Road Initiative after a decade in which trade between China and Latin America increased more than 20-fold. Venezuela and Ecuador, in particular, now have high debts to China and new economic woes in the wake of COVID-19. Mexico has to be always open to build up a strategic relationship with China, but always very, very clear. It has to be a relationship that is well-balanced. We don't want to create any type of dependency, not to China, neither to the United States. Mexico's former Secretary of Economy, Ildefonso Guardo, told Isabella Cota, a Mexican journalist and economic correspondent for the Spanish newspaper El País, but AMLO has pivoted toward Trump and it's not clear yet how Mexico is going to balance its long-standing and close economic relationship with the United States and new investment opportunities that may be coming from China. It turns out, though, that there is something happening inside China that could be undermining its last five decades of economic progress. According to FT.com, earlier this year, Four dozen lawyers, accountants, and bankers from all over Latin America piled into a conference room in an office tower on Miami waterfront to hear how an exodus of manufacturing from China could make them rich. Pointing to the U.S. trade war with China, China's representative said many companies were having second thoughts about maintaining operations in China. Those same supply chains are now at the center of a tug-of-war that has huge implications for the future of the global economy and for geopolitics. Driven by President Donald Trump's push to decouple the U.S. economy from China and the disruptions caused by the coronavirus pandemic, many manufacturers are being forced to rethink their presence in China. Untangling supply chains that have built up over a generation is a complex and difficult task and the multinational companies which sell into the Chinese market will stay and even expand. But if companies that once used the mainland to make goods for export do decide to depart in significant numbers will represent a major reversal of five decades of economic integration between the U.S. and China. Then why would a Chinese representative meet with Latin American officials to tell them how the Latin Americans can get rich from China's detrimental situation? Because the Chinese can lever its future wealth using the Belt and Road Initiative in Latin America. That is, if Trump 
keeps his nose out of it. The USMCA deal was a big blow to China. China has invested so much in Latin America manufacturing away from China will still keep China in the manufacturing loop. It will own the infrastructure where the manufacturers will move to. The losers in the process will be the Chinese people who will see the loss of jobs and blame America while the Chinese government lines its pockets with the revenues from its Latin America operations. This is a double benefit to the Chinese government because it will foment hatred of America while still staying rich. The Chinese warriors will be happy to go to America to kill people. And China's hope to have Joe Biden handed a free lunch may or may not come to fruition. But China will still win in this situation without Biden's help. According to surveys conducted by the American Chamber of Commerce in China over the past two years, about 40% of U.S. companies in China have moved manufacturing facilities out of the country already or are considering doing so. Some companies are waiting to see if they will be awarded exemptions from U.S. trade tariffs before they make long-term decisions about production in China. The U.S., meanwhile, is kicking off a new economic dialogue with Taipei, focusing on rejigging global supply chains. China controls vital supplies for the U.S., and Americans should be alarmed at the control China has over the U.S. supply chain for critical products like medicine and food. The U.S. government is China's largest medical customer. The COVID-19 outbreak has brought increased attention to U.S. reliance on China, where the virus originated, for essential medical supplies from protective masks to medicine. The U.S.-China Commission warned in its 2019 report to Congress that the United States' growing reliance on Chinese pharmaceutical products puts U.S. consumers at risk if China cuts off drug supplies or hikes the cost of a given medicine during heightened geopolitical tensions. Medical supplies are not the only critical commodity controlled by China. China is running away with the top spot on the U.S. corn buyer list six weeks into the current marketing year. China has purchased 10.4 million tons for delivery during 20 and 21, twice as large as the sales to date for Mexico, which is usually the number one U.S. corn purchaser. The USDA says 1.1 million tons of the corn purchases have shipped to China, and the rest of the 10.4 million tons remains on order. Exporters have sold 4.7 million tons of corn to Mexico for delivery this marketing year, and 941,000 of those tons are in Mexican hands. Mexico has been the top market for U.S. corn for several years now. During the last marketing year, Mexico imported about 14.5 million tons, while China brought in about 2.3 million tons.
that China is running way ahead to get corn supplies ahead of Mexico could mean that China is preparing for more than a trade war. Even though there is a new USMCA trade deal, Mexico is not completely out of Chinese hands. Together, China and Mexico cooperating with each other control America's food supply. Almost half of the organic soybeans sold in the United States come from China and other countries. America once fed the world, but now China is once again beating us at our own game and now boasts the largest agricultural economy on the globe. Almost 50% of all cod sold in the eastern United States comes from China. A total of about 78% of all tilapia also comes to our dinner plates from overseas. China now produces at least 70% of the apple juice sold across our country. One out of every dozen cans of pineapple comes from China. Two in five containers of processed mushrooms also come from the new agribusiness leader. Frozen spinach, clams, salmon, and crab are also now increasingly arriving to your local grocery store from a Chinese shipping container. The extent that China has invaded our shopping choices does not end at fresh fruits, veggies, meat, fish, and processed foods. Almost 85% of imported vitamins that are added to foods and artificial vanilla also come from China. Citric acid, the preservative and flavor enhancer often used in cheese, baked treats, and soft drinks, also comes from China. China controlling the U.S. food supply is bad enough, but there is concern that Chinese imports pose a significant threat to both U.S. food safety and the agriculture industry. Those who spoke in support of more stringent food import policies also note that the Chinese people themselves have little or no confidence in the safety of their own food supply and do not think the Chinese are above deliberately poisoning your food supply. Contrary to conventional wisdom about China's view on the U.S. election, some believe it will be to China's advantage to have another four years with Trump in the White House. China's leadership could be handed the opportunity to boost its global standing as a champion for globalization, multilateralism, and international cooperation, said Zhu Zhikun, professor of political and international relations at Bucknell University. University. Trump has pulled America from a sprawling Asia-Pacific commercial deal and climate agreements, imposed billions of dollars of tariffs on the Chinese goods, and withdrawn the U.S. from the World Health Organization at the height of a global pandemic. Where the U.S. has retreated, Chinese President Xi has stepped forward. A second Trump term could give China more time to rise as a great power on the world stage, Zhu said. 
this analyst opinion is wrong-headed in my view. China doesn't care about being the world's good neighbor, as this writer portrays. China is interested in global dominance. You have to ask yourself, what is China's driving force? What is in the cultural unconscious of the Chinese people that drives them to always be at odds with the West? Well, it is more than people realize. It starts in the beginning with Noah's son Ham and father of the cursed Canaan who became a rival to Shem's descendants, the West, through Abraham to whom most of the Middle East was given. The Chinese are descendants of Canaan. These people have an internal and unconscious desire to rule the earth in order to spit in Yahweh's face because of Noah's curse on them and to control or kill off all the other descendants of Noah. This is what drives them unconsciously. Remember I told you earlier that Yahweh's people have multiple enemies they don't understand. This is why the Chinese are so dangerous and not to be trusted. Their hatred will come to a head in our day. China and Russia, from different ancestry, are both red, and they are in military collusion, a partnership designed to remove America from being a superpower. Yahweh told us to look out for that color because Esau and the Edomites are also red. This is why both of these red countries are now in alliance with Iran, whose descendants include Amalek, Esau's grandson, the ancient Elamites, Shem's firstborn son, and the ancient Babylonians, Nimrod's descendants. In this article titled, The Emperor's League, Understanding Sino-Russian Defense Cooperation, we learn who the Chinese are. I didn't just make it up that they are descendants of Canaan. Here's what the article says. At a gathering in October 2019, Vladimir Putin announced that Russia has been helping China develop a ballistic missile early warning system. Without offering specifics, Putin suggested that this is a very serious endeavor that will fundamentally and radically increase the defense capability of the People's Republic of China because only the United States and Russia have such a system at present. That's an important statement, but one specific word in that headline, Sino, should catch your attention. The Sinites are known to biblical history as the sons of Ham. ICR.org says, The other nine sons of Canaan were the Canaanite tribes that inhabited the land when the Israelites entered it. The Amorites are identified in the tablets as the Umuru. The Sinites may be connected in ethnology with the wilderness of Sin and Mount Sinai in the south and with the Assyrian god 
sin and even with sinim isaiah forty nine twelve and the people of secular history called Sinai or Chinese. My Melchizedek teaching series will help you to understand not only Melchizedek but Melchizedek's enemies because all of these enemies will affect your survival in the end of days. WarOnTheRocks.com says about the relationship between China and Russia that the Kremlin spokespersons elaborated that Russia has an advanced partnership with China which includes the most sensitive areas linked to military technical cooperation, security, and defense capabilities. Little is known about the deal, indicative of a trend in Russian-Chinese defense collaboration, which increasingly involves sensitive technology and secret agreements. Russian and Chinese elites describe their relationship as one of strategic cooperation and comprehensive partnership. Vladimir Putin and Xi Jinping have met more than 30 times in the past six years, calling each other best friends and the like. The relationship certainly has a great deal of formality in terms of contacts, pronouncements, and agreements signed, but activity is not achievement. Moscow has sought to restore relations with Beijing to engender a degree of interdependence and more recently to align foreign policy in opposition to U.S. primacy in international politics, an imperative which took on newfound significance after 2014 when U.S.-Russian relations turned overtly adversarial. Soviet mistakes serve as enduring lessons, and although the ideological competition is no longer a factor, Moscow is keen to avoid a second front competition with China while taking on the United States. Instead, Russian elites have looked to China in an effort to balance the United States and strengthen Beijing as a competitor to Washington, drawing U.S. resources further into a contest in the Asia-Pacific region and away from vital Russian interests in Europe. Hardly a novel Russian strategy, Moscow has sought to empower China before with similar aims during the interwar period against Japan and in the post-war period of the 1950s. The article makes the point that Russia and China's recent arms deals is not the reason they are cooperating with each other. They don't need each other for military assistance. Rather, it is an understanding that they will stay out of each other's way when it comes time to strike America. Russia can contribute little in military power to China's cause in the Pacific, says the article, while China's military power projection in Europe is non-existent. This does not mean they cannot aid each other, but it will not take the form of direct military support. Both countries are deeply nationalistic and autocratic, seeking to avoid formal alliances rather than to make them. 
War on the Rocks further says at the bare minimum Russia and China will have strategically liberated each other to pursue their respective contests against the United States, able to revise the national security or economic order without having to cover their backs, so to speak. Some have convincingly argued they are willing to accept a degree of mutual strategic vulnerability to sustain cooperation, committing the bulk of their resources to take on the United States separately in their respective contests. The most significant scenarios for the United States stem from the fact that the Entente is not a functional military alliance per se, but is it is at bare minimum a functional non-aggression pact which means both countries can focus on the United States believing the other will not stab it in the back. What this really means is that Russia and China have friendly relations because they both oppose American global dominance. Each opposes America for different reasons and will go to war with America for different reasons. However, it is likely they will do so at the same time. The American strike that killed the head of Iran's terrorist Quds force may expose the emerging axis of aggression comprising China, North Korea, Russia, and Iran, according to TheHill.com. The Hill also claims that any suggestion that Pyongyang, Baghdad, and Tehran are linked in a coordinated strategy similar to the original Berlin-Rome Axis Pact in World War II is a bit of an overstatement. Well, this Hill's article was written last January 2020. China and Iran did formalize an economic and military agreement in August 2020. The reason for using the OlderHill.com article here and juxtaposing it with the newer ForeignPolicy.com article that's highlighted there is to show you how fast the military alignments are changing. China and the U.S. are running up to war in the South China Sea. And Russia continues its Air Force flyovers above Alaska. Roughly 5 trillion U.S. dollars in annual trade passes through the China Sea. This involves half of global daily merchant shipping, a third of oil trade, and two-thirds of liquid natural gas. Just as important, the naval crossroads are vital for China's global supply chain, including its Belt and Road Initiative to improve regional cooperation and connectivity on a transcontinental scale. The U.S. needs the South China Sea trade route, and China needs the Latin American Silk Road and the Latin American economy in its pocket to replace what it gets from America once it kills us off. Russia doesn't have any such needs from America. Russia simply wants to win the Cold War that began after World War II. 
Russia wants to pay back America for becoming the world's dominant superpower and for causing the fall of the Soviet Union under Ronald Reagan. In other words, the Russians simply want revenge. Fox News says about the Russian flybys that the Russian Tu-95 Bear bombers flew 35 miles off the coast of Alaska but remained in international airspace, according to the North American Aerospace Defense Command better known by its acronym NORAD. Last month, a pair of Russian supersonic bombers buzzed the coast of Alaska, which were also intercepted by U.S. Air Force F-22 fighter jets. In both incidents, last month and this week, the Russian aircraft never entered U.S. airspace. The U.S. military routinely flies bombers and reconnaissance aircraft near Russia as well. So the U.S. and Russia are targeting each other, as they have done for a long time. The latest Russian flight comes as the Trump administration negotiates a potential extension of a nuclear arms control treaty with Moscow called New START, which limits the number of nuclear warheads each side can deploy. A Trump election win will keep the United States in China's military eye. A Biden win will turn the United States over to China without a shot being fired. A Biden presidency will automatically spell a rapid reduction in Trump's tariffs on Chinese goods, says CNBC. This could spell good news for the yuan, which has been competing with the U.S. dollar to replace it as the world's reserve currency. The Hill.com says Biden was more responsible than any other legislator of the post-Nixon era for enabling China's rise as the revisionist superpower. But now that he's running against Trump, Biden is trying to perform an unconvincing about-face on the foreign adversary in which he's invested so much. Biden's support of the Chinese Communist Party is long and personal. In 2000 and 2001, as chairman of the State Foreign Relations Committee, Biden led the Senate's efforts to shepherd China into the World Trade Organization and to end annual congressional reviews of China's status as a U.S. trading partner. At the time, Biden welcomed China's emergence as a great power because great powers adhere to international norms in the areas of non-proliferation, human rights, and trade. As vice president in 2011, Biden said he believed that a rising China is a positive, positive development, not only for China, but for America and the world at large. And I remember both of those times thinking what an idiot he is. The benefits of embracing China were not merely diplomatic. Biden's son, Hunter, hmm, may have benefited financially from his father's cultivation of Beijing. I think that's no longer a question. The younger Biden found his way into acquiring a stake in a billion-dollar private equity fund partly owned by a Chinese state-owned enterprise and funded by Chinese state-owned venture capital. 
Among the firm's investments was Face Plus Plus, a Chinese surveillance firm. Hunter Biden began building investments and business deals in China based on its proximity to Chinese government and business figures in 2010, two years after his father was elected vice president. A new report from the Senate Finance and Senate Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs Committees Majority staffs further details Hunter Biden's business ties with Chinese nationals linked to the Chinese government and military. But what a difference a year can make, or a few days, now that Hunter's laptop has come to light. Now, with the Democratic nomination in hand and only five weeks, as the writing of this article, until the general election... Biden is not only trying to repudiate his own past record on China, he is trying to out-hawk Trump, claiming that Trump has not been hard enough on China and that a Biden administration would be tougher still on trade, on military aggression, on intellectual property theft, technology transfers and economic bullying. His own son was helping them do that. Biden's performance has been so unconvincing that even the New York Times described him as under political pressure to look tough. The reason for Biden's apparent reversal on China is not a big mystery. A July poll conducted by the Pew Research Center found that 73% of Americans had an unfavorable view of China, the highest in 15 years, and more than half of Americans see China as a competitor. Unable to run on his own past record, Biden is trying to execute an awkward 180-degree turn. A new documentary... Writing the Dragon, the Biden's Chinese Secrets, and distributed by The Blaze, states that what we do know is that the Bidens have cultivated very close relationships with members of the Chinese elite who want America destroyed, and some of those relationships would be very hard to defend. We know the Biden family has a series of lucrative deals with the Chinese government. We know that these deals came despite a lack of experience by the Bidens in the areas they cover. We know that they happened while Joe Biden was steering policy toward China. We also know that these deals didn't just make the Bidens money. They had dangerous consequences for our national security. We know that Hunter Biden's firm, backed by the Chinese government, invested in a company that was actively stealing nuclear secrets from the United States. We know that China has been consistent in its effort to acquire U.S. technology and that their spies have been caught trying to steal our nuclear technology. We know that Hunter Biden's firm bought a company that provides dual-use technologies for the Chinese military. We know that global powers have tried to stop China from monopolizing the world's mineral resources and... We know that Hunter Biden's firm bought a company that actually helped China in its competition with the United States for mineral resources. Americans, 
you will one day awaken to find yourselves captives of Ham's descendants, China and North Korea, and Elam's descendants, Russia and Iran. Beware! It appears that China has positioned itself for a takeover of America one way or another through military conflict set off by Trump's policies adding fuel to the fire or through Biden handing America to China because his family is in bed with the Chinese against American interests. Happy voting! Now news from Israel and the U.S. as we wrap up. We now know that Yahweh has exiled his people from Jerusalem for the entire feast calendar of 2020. As I stated in my article, The Dragon Speaks from Behind the Mask, this exile is the seventh one since Abraham obeyed Yahweh and entered the promised land. Israel is no longer a refuge for Yahweh's people. Jerusalem is fast becoming the full-blown mystery Babylon of the book of Revelation while the rest of the world gets closer to the danger of global war. The Abraham Accords continue to pick up speed. World Israel News puts it this way. The Accords made public what had been a gradual strengthening, that's Gabar in Hebrew in Daniel 9.27, of quiet ties between Israel and several Gulf states. Israel and Jordan have signed a historic airspace agreement that allows Israeli commercial flights to cross over Jordan. And the U.S. and Israel and the United Arab Emirates announced the establishment of a joint regional development fund based in Jerusalem during the first ever visit of a government delegation from Abu Dhabi to Israel. The Abraham Fund, derived from the Abraham Accords as a peace deal between Israel and the UAE and Bahrain will be launched with an office in Jerusalem and a $3 billion starting trilateral investment to promote economic cooperation and prosperity in the Middle East and North Africa. And these are the nations that Iran will attack one day. So Bible prophecy continues its forward progress. COVID continues to be used by the globalist elites to control the world's populations as Israel, Ireland, Jordan, and other countries impose lockdowns in various ways and for different durations. Israel is trying to ease its current lockdown but is now considering locking down for Hanukkah. Ireland will be the first European country to return to a nationwide shutdown as COVID-19 cases rise, said Prime Minister Michael Martin on Monday. And Jordan was on a weekly two-day lockdown for Fridays and Saturdays. This week, that changed to Fridays only until the end of 2020. In America, some people preparing for another U.S. round of COVID lockdown shortages are finding empty store shelves. 
and Natural News is reporting that tech giants are accelerating their massive purge of truth, now claiming they will remove all videos that contradict the official vaccine narratives of the World Health Organization and corrupt vaccine manufacturers who commit scientific fraud. YouTube just confirmed they will work with the World Health Organization to remove any videos that question the official vaccine narrative promoted by vaccine companies. As you well know, America is suffering destruction from within. Nothing more disgusting than this next news story will tell the tale of just how far America's young generation has fallen. Newsweek carried this story. Protesters opposing President Donald Trump on Sunday were filmed burning an American flag and pretending to eat the bloodied heart of the president in a pagan cannibalistic ritual. In the video, one protester can be seen walking through the smoke from a burning American flag as he is surrounded by fellow protesters. He then takes what appears to be a bloody heart, rips it open, and pours it on his face as those around him clap and yell. Destruction from within will make it easy for China and Russia when they decide to attack. That's it for this Beast Watch News update. This is Kimberly Rogers Brown signing off. Click over to BeastWatchNews.com for full comprehensive coverage of all the headlines fulfilling end of days Bible prophecy.